going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to the wizards junkies podcast brought to you by the sports pulse network i am your host brooks and today i have with me two very special two very frequent guests ian evans and josh k why don't you guys say what's up what's up everybody how we doing what's up people it's good good to be back good to be back yes sir definitely is good to be back speaking of being back man the nba is in orlando they're in the bubble they're getting down to business and quarantine right now. How excited are you guys to finally see some NBA basketball? Finally get to see, you know, what LeBron's been up to and see, you know, what type of basketball we're going to get into soon. I mean, uh, obviously, you mean, Brooks, you know, but, like, I've been waiting ever since March, man. I mean, that, I like, March was right. 10th or 11th is going to be that day for me. Like, where were you when they announced that the NBA was canceled? And ever since that day for me, like, I've been waiting for basketball to come back. Like, I thought Corona wasn't that big of a deal at first, and obviously it was. And then I've, I've literally been counting down the days ever since it was going to return in July. So I'm super excited. Obviously, we've been watch- I've been watching some uh, TBT or the basketball tournament, for those who don't know. But uh, obviously, it doesn't quite compare to NBA basketball, so I can't wait for some pro basketball soon. Right. Same, man. I, I've actually – haven't watched this much of the TBT tournament in past years, but, you know, it feels good to even have a taste of, you know, just live sports, live basketball, especially, like, you know, saying March 10th, 11th, I think it was, too. Like, I, I was at work, and I was just – my last day of work, it was the last day of the NBA, you know, and, uh, you know, it was just – besides even the NBA to, for the timing of it, you know, you mentioned March Madness. That's like the craziest time of the sports years for basketball fans. Um, you know, it's it's just a, it, even for non-basketball fans. So for that to shut down, uh, for coronavirus to shut down, you know, everything like it did, I've been waiting for this time. For sure, for sure, man. And it's been a long time coming. We were almost, what, three, four months in since, the, since Adam Silver made that decision. It's been a long time coming. We're all excited. The first thing I want to ask you guys is just we have we've had a plethora of of guys decide to sit out. You know, um, Bradley Bill is included in that, decided to not go into Orlando, along with Davis Davis Bertans and John Wall because of a uh, right shoulder issue. Um, Obviously, that drastically shoots down the Wizards chance. But, you know, is it or not? Is it but we're now into the development stage over playoff contention um how important is it for guys to be like josh or not josh but uh troy brown uh roy hachamari to take this time and really develop their skill set and give these guys a, a good show i think that's exactly what uh this time is for and i think honestly it might be for the best you know it's one of those blessings in disguise because uh this is a team with a healthy john wall and bradley bill that I, we could confidently, confidently say would be in the playoffs, would be, you know, uh, in the conversation among, you know, some of the top teams in the East almost. Uh, so it's good for the younger guy, that supporting cast who has been the, the kind of crutch of, you know, the, the, uh, Wizards past, the Wizards, you know, past team. So it's good for these guys to get some exposure and get some experience in, this, in a time where it's like every possession matters. 100%. Um, I think it's it's basically the mentality of next man up. 
I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, what are you going to do when you don't have John Wall? You go to Bradley Beal. What do you do when you don't have Bradley Beal? You got to go to another scoring option. So, obviously, they don't have David Bertans, who, for those of you who don't know, I mean, he was in the three-point contest, and he's actually one of the best three-point shooters in the league. So, when you don't have guys like him, it's, again, it's that next man up mentality. So, you mentioned guys like Rui. I really think this is a perfect time for him, maybe even guys like Thomas Bryant, to, for them to show what they can yeah. do as young guys in this league for a team that needs role players to come, whether it be on or off the bench, and show what they can do for the Wizards uh, to come. Now, granted, we talked about this before, Books. I really yeah. don't think the Wizards had a chance in the bubble anyway. So I think it's perfect for them right. to actually exactly. get, get um, that exposure and play against guys that are not significantly better, but I'd say already had a play chance in the playoffs anyway to show that, hey, they might be able to surprise people. You might see Rui make incredible um, plays and honestly outplay some guys that are um, technically better forwards than him. So you might see stuff like that happen. And that's honestly something to know for the Wizards in the future. For sure. And you, you mentioned guys being able to step up, guys being able to, uh, you know, um, replace that scoring need that Bradley Beal brings. Were you guys expecting the Wizards to try to go after someone like a Jamal Crawford or a Mike Beasley, um, you know, J.R. Smith, Iman Shepard, guys that, can, that are capable of, of filling it up but have – you know, issues, whatever it may be, but did you guys want them to go after scoring threats or just other uh, just players from the outside? Um, I I personally think that they, I, I didn't think that they would, and you know, that's because, and you know, I'm glad they really didn't because um, this is exactly what we're talking about. It's a time for the young guys to capitalize on uh, you know, this opportunity, you know, for more playing time, more minutes, more uh, important minutes, you know, more times, you know, more playing time in the spotlight, more uh, possessions, you know, like, like I said, more possessions where every single, you know, time you have the ball counts or every single defensive possession counts. So um, one of these guys, like if you, if you sign a Michael Beasley or a Jamal Crawford or somebody's going to fill it up, it just takes the ball out of, you know, Troy Brown's hands or Thomas Bryant's hands or Rui's hands. So uh, I think it's good that, you know, they didn't pursue anybody, you know, real quick just for this this little mini window. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, um, I think it was more needed for teams that actually needed role players. Like, I'm going to talk about it later on my podcast. But for this podcast, I mean – Look who the Nets have to play with, man. I mean, they're one of the teams struggling. Granted, they did sign Michael Beasley and they signed Jamal Crawford. We know this. But they were struggling after almost half their roster said they weren't going to play. So I don't think it's the same for the Wizards. Also, when you look at the Wizards and how they signed free agents in the past or even in recent years, they don't really go after big-name guys like Jamal Crawford or not even big-name, but old veteran guys like Jamal Crawford or uh, Michael Beasley. Like – I'll take it back to 2016 when Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors. Obviously, the Wizards missed out on that, but for multiple reasons. But they went out and signed Mike Scott. You know what I mean? So it's something like that where I never really expected, kind of like what Josh is saying, I never really expected the Wizards to, hey, let's go out and get a free agent. But Josh is also right. It takes the ball out of the hands of playmakers who need to develop more into playmakers. Troy Brown, he mentioned, needs the ball in his hands. He needs to solidify himself as a three that can complement Wall and Beal in the future. Rui, Bryant, I mean, even uh, Moritz Wagner. Who knows? It's it's stuff like that. Yeah, and I like – yeah. I was was just going to say I like all of their games. Like, you know, 
I just want to see more reps with all of them. Every all four that you just said, and I'm sure there's more that I'm even forgetting. Exactly. So this is just like a, a kind of like a two point two part question. Uh, for one, do you think the plan all along was for Bradley Bill to, you know, uh, just not play at all, just you know, give that impression that he would, or is it was it just this is like a legitimate issue for him that he really did not improve from the shoulder injury that that he did have since January, according to uh, the Candace Buckner, who is the Washington Post or was the Washington Post, uh, which is B reporter. I think it's it's a combination of both. I think it's part shoulder injury, but also part because he really did have big concerns concerning the, the bubble in general. So some people are like, oh, he made all this fuss about the bubble and not and then decided not to play. I mean, I mean, a lot of people had concerns. I mean, uh, first take talked about it the other day. I mean, granted, Joel Embiid is going, but he said, you know, that he had some concerns about playing and, you know, he had some concerns right. about people violating bubble rules. So in terms of Bradley Beal, did I think from the jump? that he was, wasn't going to play? No, because he expressed, like, you know, interest in playing. But it was because there was some uncertainty with some of the rules. I mean, we're still looking at, I mean, Adam Silver said there might be a loophole in, you know, how the, you know, in, in testing and all that. So a lot of things aren't certain. I think Bradley Beal wanted, wanted certainty, especially with how his shoulder's healing as well. So I think it's part of both. Sure. Uh, 100%. I think it's, I think it's a lot to do with um, all of it, too. Like, you know, I feel like, everything with the social justice uh, movements, you know, coming out and, you know, of course the virus, um, of course the concerns that guys like Joel Embiid and Damian Lillard, you know, saying about uh, other players obeying the rules. Um, and I think just the, the, the tipping of the, you know, the iceberg or whatever. It, it's, uh, but, you know, the, just the, the final point was, um, you know, just my shoulder hasn't gotten better, that kind of thing. And I'd rather take this time off, not rush for something that, uh, it's pretty menial. It's not like they're not they're gonna go far in this, even if they do creep up in the net spot or something like that. Um, you know, it's it's not something you can really take seriously in terms of this bubble. Uh, so I think it was an easy decision. Yeah, we'll go for that. Um, and one of the one of the biggest concerns about the bubble is just the health of everybody involved. Um, as, and as, as as well as just like social justice issues, um, you know, allegedly it could, it could possibly be a distraction for these players, um, you know, and people are finally getting to do their, their messages. You know, uh, it's about 250 players that have made a decision to have some type of message like say his name, Black Lives Matter, this type of deal. Um, how is this, is this a, a good move for the NBA? Is this something that can really help facilitate change like someone like Bradley Bill always advocates for instead of just meaningless words? Um, you know, yes and no. And I hate, I hate to say yes and no because, you know me, I like to stay on one side or another. But uh, I don't know if you heard it. So, obviously, you know, I'm a Celtics fan, but I still pay attention to the Wizards. Obviously, you know, Maryland, got to pay attention to them regardless. So, yes. um, Jalen Brown said that once they had the list – of what they could put I, it wasn't like free not necessarily free will but like they didn't have a, a multitude of things they could put on the back of their jerseys and Jalen Brown kind of expressed some frustration to it but they did have a long list of what they could say so yes in the sense of does it advocate for whether it be Black Lives Matter or injustice or you know inequality or something like that I think it does help 
But in terms of limiting what they can and can't say, because, I mean, some people wanted to put, like, messages, like, literally a sentence, like a three-word or four-word sentence, and some of those were rejected. So I say yes to some extent, because, I mean, if, if it has to do with, like, you know, legal issues or something like that, then that's acceptable. But I think Jay, I forgot what Jalen Brown originally wanted to put, but I think he had to settle with, uh, I forgot, I think, he's, I think he went with uh, how many more. But uh, I think he wanted to put something else originally. So kind of, I hate to say it, but yes and no in some senses. What do you think, Josh? Uh, I was going to say, can you, can you uh, repeat your question? So the question was, how legitimate are these jersey messages that uh, players have decided to do? Um, like, Ian, like Ian just suggested, is it kind of like limiting speech for these players when you can't do exactly what you want to do? I think that... Uh, you know, Ian made a lot of good points. You know, you can't uh, really say you're limited. You can't say everything you want to say. You can't put um, a phrase or, a, you know, something like that. So it's it's limited, you know, physically in terms of how many words will fit on that jersey. But it's also limiting in terms of, I mean, I think it, it might be limiting in terms of um, is this what they think is the best they can do? Um, you know, that's if, if that's kind of uh like a lesser uh you know just decorative piece in terms of the whole mindset of you know uh, establishing this uh you know black lives matter concept in this bubble you know it's i feel like they can do they can do more but at the same time i think that you can find some creative things to to put with the the limited uh space you have or with the limited rules you might have um it's just on, you know, it's, it's just on the player to kind of find out what else they can do or even the organization or teams. Yeah, and, and one thing that isn't limited as far as expression goes is, you know, what you put on your shoes. Um, you know, we've, right. last season, we've had a lot of pe- people put on, like, anime on their shoes. Uh, you know, they put on their favorite scriptures, whatever it may be. I don't think they're going to limit that. But how many players, do you, do you expect a lot of players to be, deciding to do something on their shoes instead of just their jerseys. There's about, I think they said it was 25 players that decided to just put their names on the back of their jerseys. Wow, just 25? Yeah. I, I, that's a problem to me, but I also, I think that a lot of players would, especially this year being, I think it was either this year or last year, the first year they were just like, you know what, wear whatever shoes you want. Um, I think that'll be a, a big uh a big canvas so it could, could be a big you know canvas for everybody um something unique something personal um so yeah definitely oh yeah 100 percent. i mean look kind of going back to what i said with jalen brown if he can't say what he can't, can't I mean wanted to say on the back of his jersey put on his shoes you know um why not right. uh, granted the the name on the back of the jersey is more visible than the shoes you obviously kind of have to go closer up uh, on the shoes, you know, whether it be Getty Images or wherever they're getting, or NBA, wherever they're getting their photos. But I think a, a lot of them will because some, you know, I've, if it was me, I wouldn't want to just be limited to a list. Like if I wanted to put, I don't know, like Juneteenth, they won't allow me to put Juneteenth, you know what I mean? I'm putting it on my shoes or something like that, you know? So it's yeah. it's definitely something like that uh, for sure. They're definitely going to put stuff on their shoes. Sure. I think another point that Ian just touched on real quick is that, uh, you know, the the media that's going to be there is going to be, you know, limited members, of course. And I feel like, you know, 
media in the past, when it wasn't as, I guess, diverse, uh, they wouldn't pay attention to things like, you know, the player's shoes or uh, just slight stuff like that. So I feel like there's also pressure on the media to capture the full body, um, even stuff like it could be gestures, every free throw, um, uh, things like that. So it could be stuff in the huddle. You don't know. So it's like a lot of pressure on, you know, that media personnel that's there, whether it be, like you said, Getty or NBA, you know, whoever it is. And speaking of just the media members um, being able to cover this event, you know, we've had a lot of coverage from, from Malika Andrews from ESPN just talking about the protocol that players are going to have to go through as well as media. Um, we've spoken about this before, but what are, what are some of the concerns that you guys have had since the beginning of, of the bubble has started? And, um, you know, we have players that can't go like within six feet of each other, of course. You can't do the bubble or you can't do the um, the ping pong, two, one-on-one ping pong. Uh, you know, you have to stay within your room at all, like not within all, at all times, but you can't just have people in your room to hang out, whatever it may be. Um, what are some of the concerns that you have about that? And I'll start with Josh. I think Josh, that... Josh? Yeah, Josh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, yeah, yeah. It's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be like a, a a moment. I don't want to say, I don't want to, you know, exaggerate it, but you can kind of compare it to solitary, you know, almost like a jail style rules, almost. The way it kind of sounds, not, not really, but the way some of these players are, it's like they've had the world opened up to them their whole lives because of basketball, and now it's also because of basketball their world is now closed and limited. So that drastic change could feel like uh, feel like that exaggeration that I just made, you know, um, and that could do that could do one of two things. I feel like one create close relationships with these players and you know uh, closer bonds. You know, it's a lot of times where maybe you won't have uh, five or six guys in your room, but maybe one or two other guys in your room. Um, that group could get closer over that period of time. Um, or the other way it could be, it could go is you start to hate the, your teammates or you start to, you know, it's that type of thing where, uh, you know, that brotherly, like, you know, I have brothers, I, you know, I have siblings. When you're around that person all the time, you know, there's bound to be a clash. Um, so, but at the same time, you know, going back to my, to the first, you know, uh, outcome, I feel like, in certain environments and certain dynamics, you know, just talking about brothers. Uh, once we have that clash, when we come back together, the way that happens, that makes it even more of a solidified bond. So I feel like, honestly, it could be, you know, for the better, uh, even after we find out about fights in the, the hotel room and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got two concerns. Um, the first one, man... Some of that food looks so suspicious, bro. I mean, yeah. <laughs> look, yeah, Troy, saw, Daniels, Troy Daniels' food. That was that yeah. was pretty bad. Troy Daniels' food, man. It the chicken looks so dry. I mean, oh my goodness. Look, it, I don't know if that's what happens when you get traded from the Lakers to the Nuggets this season, but look, man, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. I was like, I can't be eating no dry chicken. Then I got to run and play some games and come back to more dry chicken. We got to mix it up. It's not it's not good right now, man. Now, 
granted, the quality might be different for different, you know, players. Like, people are like, oh, what if LeBron's, you know, meals are better? Honestly, that's they the eat sushi that. and tacos. <laughs> they eat sushi, they eat all that. I'm telling you, man, that's another thing in itself. But that's one of my concerns. If the food quality for all these players is like this, something, something's definitely wrong, bro. But the other concern, and Stephen A alluded to it the other day, somebody's going to mess up, bro. You know how many how many of these NBA players got girls, girlfriends, yeah. wives? Somebody is going to mess it up. Now, let's not forget, man, Jamal Murray. Remember, way back in, like, March, or I think early, like, late March or early April, you know, I mean, this man basically had the Nuggets PR going crazy because this man clearly doesn't know how to keep his personal life or sex life private. You really think Jamal Murray gonna have <laughs> the patience? To yeah. You really think Jamal Murray gonna have the patience to be in uh, Orlando for I don't know how many weeks without his girl being? Come on. <laughs> so yeah. that's no knock on him. All I'm saying, and that's hundreds of guys. Hundreds of guys are asking the same exact question too. Exactly. You really think? I'm, that's another one of my concerns. I'm telling you, man. You, Look, a lot of these NBA guys, they can find ways to sneak these girls in, man. All I'm saying, I'll give them a little tip. Give these people a little tip, and they're just going to find a way. I'm telling you, man. It's, this is so, right. NSFW. That's one of my concerns for sure, man. Right. Bit of an NSFW point. But um, right. I did think about, I think it was Fred Katz. Fred Katz, he reported that there was a, 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 a video chat room that they were offering for players to, to get into. So maybe maybe that might help the issue. Um, I don't know, but that, I mean, it's 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 the interesting point to put up. <laughs> but um, I, it's 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 one thing that you that you brought up, Josh, in the fact that um, players are going to be around each other for up to three months, and there of course there's going to be a lot of fights. But one of the things I want to see or I want to ask about is just. How much is this going to affect the locker room, um, team huddles, whatever it may be, when you when you're in close with with each other for so long, you have nowhere else to go, you know you have your room to go to and where you can stew off, but you know the court is where you can let off a lot of that steam, but right. you don't have anywhere else to go. Um, I'll start off with you, Ian. How much is this going to affect just the locker rooms, uh, the team huddles, whatever it may be? I, I think it goes with how well some of these teams do um so if i don't know like if you're doing if your team's doing bad you probably don't want to even see your players you probably just want to get up out of there and go to your hotel um sometimes it, it might affect team chemistry to a point as well um uh, but i think uh it, you're either going to love your players or you're going to be more closer after it or it's going to be like nah I'm, i don't i'm not messing with this dude at all um like the chemistry, you could even see the team chemistry like be off from the start of the bubble to like whether it be conference championships or stuff like that. It, it, it's stuff like that. So um, I think it could go either way. But if it was me in there, I honestly think it would bring, I don't care what team it is, I think it'd bring it closer together because this is a different type of scenario we're talking. Obviously, it's unprecedented times and no one expected this to come. But if you go through this and play well or even just be with your brothers at times, whether it be like practicing or, you know, just chatting in different rooms or whatever, obviously, you know, separated, I think it could have the potential to bring people together because especially in whether it be tragic times or uncertain times or just weird times, there's always weird bonds that form. And um, granted, I don't know about for Donovan Mitchell and uh, uh, Rudy Gobert. That's a whole nother topic, but yeah. 
um, <laughs> it, it's definitely it, it could it could definitely bring people together for sure. Yeah, I I agree. I think that I think that this could create you know this bubble over there is going to create almost like a college type environment where you know they're back to being around each other, knowing each other, uh, just you know that that type of camaraderie single day. Um, so you know obviously they're grown men, so they they have different interests. They they definitely want i definitely want a lot more me time nowadays than i did you know four or five years ago but uh you know at the same time i feel like if we're all you know we all have the, the same common goal and we all have the same you know love and passion for the same thing um there's only good that can come out of it in terms of those relationships so um yeah i think it'll be ultimately a good thing so what's what's more likely to you guys, you think we're gonna have like another NBA fight in the tunnel, like a, like Chris Paul wanted, or are we just gonna see a lot of just un- undercover? Uh, not until like ten years from now, when somebody recovers about it, we're just gonna be a fight. What's more likely to happen first? I think both. Yeah, I think we're gonna hear about some this year, and then we're gonna hear about some in five, ten years, like one hundred percent. Yeah, both. I mean, look. Remember, I think it was early March when it happened, but you really don't think Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren going to find a way to scrap? And you really don't think they're going to find a way? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> they will find a way. I mean, obviously, and I think they play each other twice, in the re- either twice or once in the regular season. TJ Warren, could, but, right? Yeah, and they could potentially find a way to play. Granted, there'd be way too many upsets for the Heat and Pacers to actually play in the playoffs, but... Um, who knows if it does happen? It's a series with Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren. You really don't think they're gonna be finding a way to scrap? You really don't think Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren gonna find? I know what his room key number is. I got it. Exactly, like, stuff like that. Like they gonna find out. <laughs> exactly, they gonna find like, out. So, um, but then you know, later in the you know ten years from now, we might even see like an E60 or a, a, some sort of ESPN documentary. You no, know, thirty with thirty or something. Yeah, well, you know, what if I yeah, it was scrapping in Orlando? <laughs> so, yeah, I think no. it's sort of both. So, asterisk on this season, is is it is it going to be less fun, less, um, I, I guess the word would be less, less thought about well, or, you know, is it something that's going to add on to the legacy and make people think, wow, this championship was, was even better to win than, than the, like, my first ring or whatever it is? You want to go yeah? I think that's a hard question to answer. Yeah. Um, it's, it's obvious. Do I think there's an asterisk on the, on the, um, on this season? Yeah. Cause of the circumstances, but I honestly think in terms of legacy wise, if this might be the hardest championship to win. And I say it because obviously you had a lot of rules being put in place for whether teams weren't already there to make it or not. But then you have to play these eight games, which p- applies more pressure for teams trying to make it into playoff contention. And then, obviously, there's there's rules that might be set in place for, you know, pr- like post-corona that could make it either easier or harder. You never know. But then, also, you look at, you know, a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams with people, honestly, and before, I, I thought there wasn't an asterisk. But, obviously, there is with the sense that, it you know, obviously, I think it would be the hardest one to win. If LeBron wins it, this will be huge for his legacy. Not only with this, but then you have people 
uh, sitting out on this team as well. And I mean, obviously now they have J.R. Smith, uh, you know, coming in as well. That should be interesting to watch. But you have LeBron losing a lot of key guys. Like Avery Bradley was a huge piece. People, I feel like people don't really understand how big Avery Bradley was uh, a piece on that Lakers team. Imagine if the Lakers somehow found a way where they beat beat the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals or find a way to beat the Bucks or if that's hypothetical, obviously. But if you know LeBron finds a way to do that, I think it will be huge huge for his legacy so in terms of this year i think it'll be one of the uh, if not the hardest championship to win not only because of what's going on in the world but also because how the nba has tr- crawled back uh, it's it, uh, it's it's insane josh what do you think um i think that you know <laughs> a lot like you said sorry i just got a little bit distracted uh uh well what was the question again? The question was, <laughs> was what My, is there, there going to be an asterisk for this season? Yeah, uh, I, I think I think there is going to be an asterisk just because you know, like you said, the circumstances. You have to, you can't just be like, oh, that was a regular season. Um, but I think that it will be, it will be more of a good, like a like like a good thing, like a it wouldn't be a detriment to your legacy. It will be more like a, a ce- more celebrated. Um, because of all the points he had just made, like these eight games, that there's a lot of like with the especially in the West Coast, with the Western Conference teams. There's 13, 13 out of these teams are from, you know, from the Western Conference. So um, that bottom, those bottom eight, you know, that playing that's going to be important. And then you know, once those teams, I'm, I'm, I hope teams, you know, that little nuance in the rules where. It's like uh, if two teams are within, you know, about like four games, uh, they they it's like a winner take all game or something like that. Yep, two game playing. Yeah, man, I, I can't. I, I hope for that. I think I hope there's like a scenario where there there have to be two of those for the seventh and eighth seed. Um, so so I think that with all of that competition, all, everything that's on the line, it's the playoffs from day one from the first tip off um, from when you check in right now, like who, when they're, when they're checking into their host, their hotel, who, if you're not locked in, if you're not, you know, making sure you're eating still, making sure you're still trying to get your, you know, push up, pull up reps in, whatever you can. Um, you're, it's, 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 it's going to look bad on your team. It's going to show. Um, and so I, that's why I think that, you know, this is going to show a lot about not your talents, but, in this hiatus, it's been longer than a regular off season. In this hiatus, how how much have you really been on your game? You know, so I think it's gonna be a, a very good asterisk. Whoever wins it, um, I'm not. I can't remember who it was that brought it up, but um, is it? I, I was. I just want to ask you guys a really quick question: Is it real or is it not that uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert alleged or reportedly um, patched up their issues? You know. Donovan Mitchell admitted that there was a professional issue that they had before. Of course, it evolved into or devolved into an even more, an even bigger issue after the COVID-19 situation happened with the Jazz. But is it real or is it a lie? How legitimate is this? I think, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a little bit of a little bit of legit, legitimacy to it. Um, I think that for, I'm sorry, I'm amused by the whole story a little bit because, uh, you know, just the, 
you know, how it all went about and go bear and everything. But um, in all seriousness, I, you know, I definitely think that there's some legitimacy to uh, the rumors. I won't say they're 100% true. Um, there, there is, I agree, Josh, uh, there is, there's some legitimacy to it. My, my thing is, I think it'll show on the court for some people, you know, if you're like, obviously if you're like Russell exactly. Westbrook or, you know, whatever, you're going to be, you know, vocal about it on and off the court. Like I have a problem with you. I'm gonna let you know, whether it be Russ with Katie, Russ with Pat, uh, Pat Beverly, like, I'm gonna let you know. I don't mm-hmm. think Donovan is that type of guy to be like, oh, I'm going to call you out on the court and I'm going to keep coming at you on the court and I'm going to talk about you afterward. I think Donovan Mitchell proves how he feels toward people on the court. So if you see, you know, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell simply either not running, either running plays opposite um, of the court, that's one thing you could pay attention to because obviously those two were in a tandem with each other before Corona and all that. If you start seeing Donovan Mitchell not getting Rudy Gobert on, you know, uh, high pick and rolls or pick and roll game in general or not feeding yeah. him down low when he has the advantage. That's something, another thing to look forward to um, or look, look or observe. Look I guess forward. That. So it, it's mm-hmm. stuff like that. I don't think Donovan Mitchell's the type of guy to, you know, have it affect him off the court. I think he'll just, you know, acknowledge it. I don't think he'll be as close as he was with Rudy, like, you know, talking to him all the time or <laughs> this isn't even meant to be as a joke. It's like, all I mean, strictly I'm, business. Oh, Exactly. It's stuff like that. It is strictly business. It's like, yeah, what's up? You know, that type of stuff in the hotel yeah. or where they are. And then once it's on the court, look, we have a common goal. Let's win a championship. But if, you know, once it's off the court, I'm going to do me, let you do you. So it, I think there is some legitimacy to the, to that as well. On on, uh, on my show, we have a, we have a, a segment called, well, not segment, but we do this thing called Beef for, beef for Tofu. <laughs> and that's why I was laughing too, because uh, me and me and my guy Rick we were just talking about it, and I definitely think there's still beef. Like, yeah, they're trying to say it's you know things are okay, whatever. No, I think there's, I think there's some still there's still some beef, and just like you said, it's gonna show on the court. You can't lie the way you play. So, yeah, good point there, guys. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything else that you want to say uh, to the Wizards Junkies crowd? Uh, Richard Junkie's family, uh, to just let them know how you feel about certain things. So I'll, I'll start off with you. Um, I I just wanna, I just wanna make sure people realize, people know, you know, take in the time we're in and and know that this is something that, you know, this is a t- uh, a year that we're gonna be talking about for for, you know, years, ages. So, um, whether it's health, you know. Uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter, um, the way sports is trying to uh, return. Um, remember how heavy this is, you know, and, and take it in say every single second. That's all I want to leave people with. Uh, I mean, 100% echo what Josh is saying. Uh, I just have one more thing to say. We didn't get to it, but it was on your list, Brooks, and I was actually going to talk about it on my podcast tomorrow. But um, people got to really pay attention, not only like what Josh was saying to the times we're in and how it will affect us now and in the future, but people got to stop disrespecting the WNBA, man. And it's actually absurd. It really is. Um, I mean, granted, it, do I think the NBA is more entertaining than WNBA? Of course. But we got to realize these girls, or actually not even girls, these women are still professional basketball players and they still deserve equality. So when you look at the, the treatment they're getting in their bubble, 
it's, it's honestly appalling, disrespectful, and straight-up rude that they have to go where they're seeing, like, um, any, any unequal traditions. Some people, some uh, players' dietary uh, restrictions aren't met. You have the laundry rooms is atrocious. Some of the, the hotel rooms have, like, I think some have, like, burn marks. Now, granted, some of the accommodations have been met, but some still haven't. It's time to take notice, man. And, like, people aren't talking about it enough. It's like, oh, it's the WNBA. I'm like, who cares, man? Who cares what league it is? There should be equality across the board. And, you know, for them, and we talked about the NBA, and if there's, you know, concerns with that. My concern is, I think, honestly, you might see toward, you know, the actual playtime for the WNBA, people might, might not even just play because of how the conditions are off the court. So that's my thing. Whether it be NBA, WNBA, men or women in general, it's time to is I know I'm a little passionate about it, but it's time yeah. to just, you know, stop, you know, you can't put yourself on a pedestal before somebody else, man. And that's how the world, I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff in the world that, you know, isn't, I mean, is that way right now, sadly, but it's time for that to stop, man. It's, it, enough is enough. 100 yeah. percent, man. Uh, 100%. I- I kind of want to echo a little bit on what he just said. Um, yesterday on my show, we were talking about that exact thing. And um, the WNBA is, is something that we all have to pay attention to because uh, this this discrepancy in terms of, you know, the, the, the treatment they get versus the treatment the NBA gets um, just isn't just isn't right. It's, it's not like college dorms aren't as bad as, you know, the, the the places that they lived in they have people they have regular guests living at some of the same hotels that they're staying in that story about uh her and her two teammates all being vegetarian and, and never getting the right meal these are professional athletes you're telling me i can't wake up and eat breakfast like this like you said sorry for being passionate but i i, I feel like everybody is needs to be passionate about exactly. 